to hear. We pray to heed God's word this morning. This morning we're going to conclude our Advent sermon series called Living in Between. Hopefully you've noticed the, the artwork there in your bulletin as uh, the beautiful blue there. Kind of matches my tie. And uh, it highlights the fact that we live in between Christ's first coming and his second coming. So what we've been doing over the last several weeks, we've been taking a look at the themes of Advent, hope, love, joy, and peace. And we've been taking a look at those through the lens of what we call the theological lens of the already but not yet. That with Christ's first coming, with his birth, his life, his death, his resurrection and ascension, there are certain aspects of our salvation that we already possess. Forgiveness of sins, the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. But yet there are other aspects of our salvation that we have not experienced fully yet. And we won't experience them fully until Christ comes again in his second coming. So today we're going to conclude our sermon series, uh, Living in Between, as we take a look at the theme of peace through the, the lens of the already, not yet. If you have a Bible, grab a Bible, turn to the Gospel of John, John chapter 14. We're going to read verse 27. We'll read some other verses together this morning. If you don't have a Bible, uh, there should be a pew Bible in front of you. You can grab that and turn to page 901. 901, you can read along with me there. John chapter 14, verse 27. Let's read that one verse to get started this morning. John chapter 14, verse 27. Jesus says to his disciples, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled. Neither let them be afraid. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of God endures forever. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I confess to you that this has been a very good month in my own life. Yet it has been a very busy month in my own life and the life of this church and the lives of all the families represented here today. So what I pray and ask is that your spirit would come, and when you would speak to us through your word that's read and and preached and taught today. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I don't know what to say except that it's Christmas and we're all in misery. Those famous words are uttered by Ellen Griswold in National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation right before she takes a large steak knife and chops a head of lettuce in two. You remember it was the sound of her mother from the other room scolding her about her behavior that was the straw that broke the camel's back in that moment in her kitchen. Do you... Resemble that at the end of this Christmas season? Does that line resonate with you this morning? That What can I say except it's Christmas and we're all in misery? Well, as several of you have said to me in joking today that it's very good to see your family come, but it's even better to see them leave. (laughs) 
I understand that. <laughs> Pam Westbury did not say that, just for the record. She was not the one, nor did Lynn Johnson. Okay. Uh, I, I'll plead the fifth on the others. But anyway, I hope that this Christmas season has left you with several memories. I hope you pr- and pray that you've had some memorable moments. But there's, in the midst of even the joy and the enjoyment of enjoying family, it can be a little bit miserable. It's hectic, coordinating schedules. When this family's arriving, who's arriving on what plane? Getting gifts, wrapping gifts, fixing food, and now there is the, the, the jockeying for position in the refrigerator is what do you do with the leftovers? Some of you, if I could kind of zoom into your house this morning and take a sneak peek, you would be embarrassed because it looks like a tornado has ransacked your house. There's temporary turmoil, but it's temporary. And many of you this morning are looking for peace. We're all looking for peace as we live in between Christ's first coming and Christ's second coming. We're looking for peace because we live in a world that is messy. We live in a world that's chaotic. And we live in a world that's damaged by sin. And what I love about the Bible is that it's true. In the, in the face of it being true, what I love about the Bible being true is it doesn't paint any rose-colored glasses about the world that we live in. In fact, there are only two places in John's Gospel where Jesus tells his disciples, My peace I give to you. The first place is here in John chapter 14, verse 27. The other place is in John chapter 16, verse 33. If you have your Bibles, turn there with me. Because I want you to see that Jesus doesn't paint some pie-in-the-sky theology, but Jesus is very blunt and frank about the world that we live in and how he enters into this world and how he is the answer to the mess that we're in. He says in John chapter 16, verse 33, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Notice Jesus doesn't... Skirt the issue at all, the fact that we face tribulations, we face trials, but Jesus takes it head on. And he says, I know. I know life is messy. I know life is hectic. But as you live in between my first coming and my second coming, I offer you my peace. My peace. Jesus' disciples understand the the turmoil we experience because in the midst of John chapter 14, Jesus had just dropped some major bombshells on the disciples. Jesus has explained to Peter, you're going to deny me three times. He's hinted at Judas' betrayal, and he's actually communicated to them the fact that he's getting ready to depart them, and he's going up to to heaven to prepare some rooms for them. And the, the disciples are in absolute turmoil And shock and fear. And in the face of that, we have the verse that I read to you first this morning. John chapter 14, verse 27. When Jesus says, let not your hearts be troubled. My peace I give to you. So this morning, I want us to take a look at the peace that Jesus offers us. As we live in between his first coming and his second coming. 
I want us to remember the peace that Jesus offers us today as we live between his first coming and his second coming. And as I took a look at the Greek this morning, I want want you to know that when Jesus says, my peace I give to you, it reminds me of many of the gifts that some of you have dropped off at the office here for me and Patrick and for our operations manager and others here. Or you've dropped off at our houses, on our doorsteps. Jesus says, my peace I give to you. It's as if he's saying, look, I give it to you. It's to remain with you now and forever. This is one of the gifts that was left off for me recently at the church office. It is a container full of ties. How many of you remember the illustration I made about the ties? Uh, Reverend Terry Coe, I saw him at a funeral I uh, uh, conducted during this Advent season. I commented on his tie about how much I liked it and that he should give it to me. And he shocked me by actually giving me the tie I wore it on Christmas Eve as promised. Someone said to me, I want to give you a container full of ties. If you can enjoy them and use them, look, they're yours. If not, you can throw them away or give them away. So I want this, this package this morning to be a visible reminder to you of the peace that Jesus offers you. It is a gift that Jesus offers that's to be yours both now and forever. Just as someone gave me these ties to say, look, this is to be possessed by you from now until Jesus returns or you go to meet Jesus. So this morning as we consider the, pe- the peace Jesus offers us, I want us to consider it as we highlight and remember three gifts that we receive from Jesus as he offers us peace. Three gifts of peace that Jesus offers us in our relationship with him. We'll go through them quickly together this morning. The first gift of peace that Jesus offers us is this. For those of you that are note takers. He offers us a reconciled relationship with him. The peace that Jesus offers us this morning is a reconciled relationship with him. The scriptures are clear that ever since Adam's transgression and sin in the Garden of Eden, all of humanity has been at war with their creator. That's why we affirmed our faith together over this whole Advent season using Romans chapter 5 verses 1 through 6. Did you notice what verse 1 said? It says, therefore, since we have been justified by faith... We have what? Peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The first gift that Jesus offers us this morning is peace of a reconciled relationship with him. The reality is there is a far more dysfunctional relationship that exists than some of us have with some of our family members or friends. It's our relationship with our Creator. The scriptures say that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that we've all gone our own way. And that's why we need the true story of history, which is His story that He has sent His Son As we read about in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. Why did God the Father give God the Son? Because we were at war with him. We were rebels against him. And he needed to provide a means of reconciliation between us. So for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, will not be condemned, but have everlasting life. 
What is the peace that Jesus offers us as we live in between his first coming and his second coming? It's a reconciled relationship with him. Recently, I was rereading some devotionals that are written by Legionnaire Ministries. And Stephen Nichols wrote one uh, last year on December 20th, I believe, that highlighted the Christmas truce of 1914. How many of you have ever heard of the Christmas truce of 1914? Yeah, very famous. Okay, you know that in the midst of World War I, a truce was called between Christmas Eve and Christmas Day. And at first, all the soldiers were hesitant on the battlefield because just a few hours prior, the, the sound of gunfire had echoed throughout the land. But suddenly... The gunfire ceased. And faintly the soldiers could begin to hear Christmas carols being sung. Slowly but surely, German soldiers and English soldiers began emerging from the earth. Cigarettes were exchanged. Christmas carols were sung. Family photos were passed around and even soccer balls emerged from the earth and a soccer game was played between the troops. It's been nicknamed the Miracle on the Western Front. In fact, the London Times highlighted the joy and the peace the soldiers experienced that Christmas day in 1914. But it was short-lived. Because the next day, the soldiers went back into their foxholes. And they went back to war. Friends, that's a picture of the peace that this world offers us. It's short-lived. But our Lord Jesus says in this passage, not as the world gives do I give to you. My peace I give to you. And the peace that Jesus offers us is forever. It's a permanent peace in a reconciled relationship with him. This morning, are you at peace? Are you at peace with God? I'm not demeaning the fact you have a lot of important relationships in your life. Friends, parents, children. But the most important relationship that you have is your relationship with your Creator. Have you made peace with Him by receiving His Son, Jesus Christ? That is the way you experience peace, my friends. In the face of all the messiness and the craziness and the chaos in this world. What matters most is that you have Jesus. Because if you have Jesus, you have peace. Because you've been reconciled him.
James Hamilton Jr. says, anxiety's antidote is active faith in Jesus Christ. That's the first gift that Jesus' peace offers us, is the gift of a reconciled relationship with him. The second gift that Jesus' peace offers us this day is Jesus' continuous presence. Jesus' continuous presence. Look in verse 26 of chapter 14. Jesus, let's actually look at verse 25, 25. It says, these things I have spoken to you while I am still with you. Jesus has warned his disciples. He's getting ready to depart from them. And they're beginning to get anxious and they're getting, getting wound up. And then he says in verse 26, but the helper... The Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. How do we assured that we have peace with God through Jesus' continuous presence with us? Through the Holy Spirit. That's what the day of Pentecost in the book of Acts is all about, that the Holy Spirit has come. And when do we receive the Holy Spirit? When we're regenerated, when God the Father regenerates our hearts through the work of the Holy Spirit and takes us from spiritual death to spiritual life. It's at that point that the believer is filled with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is Jesus' presence with us. And notice Jesus doesn't think that this is a disadvantage to us in any way, shape, or form. But rather, as he ascends to the Father after he's been resurrected, he says, you will experience my presence that lives in you and with you. And what will this Holy Spirit do? He's so humble. He doesn't bring attention to himself, the Holy Spirit. No, rather the Holy Spirit spends all of his time, all of his work, bringing to our remembrance the things that Jesus has spoken to us and has taught us in his word. And so what is the... The gift of peace that Jesus offers us, knowing a reconciled relationship with him, but but the assurance of his continual presence with us in the face and in the midst of everything that we face. And that's with that reason that Jesus can say in verse 27, Peace I leave with you, I peace, my peace I give to you. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. The officers of this church are aware that I have an obsession with the movie Top Gun. Uh, Most of the lessons you need to learn in leadership, most of the lessons you need to learn in life, I think, could be learned through the movie Top Gun. I'll only highlight one of those lessons today. Many of you all remember Tom Cruise's character is nicknamed Maverick and his his partner uh, in his, all of his work is, goes by the nickname Goose. And unfortunately, in the middle of the movie, if you haven't seen the movie, I hate to ruin it for you, but Goose dies. And Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, is devastated by the loss of his friend Goose. And through, through a great majority of the movie, Tom Cruise's character, Maverick, will hold Goose's dog tags in his hand, and do you know what he will say? Talk to me, Goose. Talk to me. There are planes circling them as they are battling the enemy, and now the man that's with Tom Cruise in the cockpit is saying, Maverick, we need to move, we need to do, do something now, but what does Tom Cruise say? What does Maverick say? As he holds the dog tags, 
Now, did Goose really talk to him? No. It was just a souvenir. Those dog tags were just a souvenir. He was just speculating. That was the best he could do was just speculate what his former partner might say to him in that moment. That's what the world offers you is speculation. What the Holy Spirit offers you is illumination. What the Holy Spirit does is he is the continuous presence of your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ within you. And Jesus says in verse 26, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. So how do you receive peace in the midst of the chaos of your lives? You remember Jesus. You remember Jesus' words. You remember Jesus' work on your behalf. And as you do that, you receive his peace. John Calvin said this, View Jesus in no other light than as being present and stretching out his hand to assist you. Why? Because Jesus is constantly present through the Spirit's presence. That's the second gift that Jesus offers us as he offers us peace. He only offers us a reconciled relationship with him. He offers us his continuous presence. And he offers us a permanent home. Look at John chapter 14 verses 1 through 2. You'll begin to see some of the anxiety the disciples had in this context. Really the greater context of this passage goes back to chapter 13 where Jesus has washed the disciples' feet. He celebrated the Passover with them. And so he begins teaching them all these things before he's taking them off to the, to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray. But he says in John chapter 14, verses 1 and 2, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go prepare a place for you? So disciples are getting anxious that Jesus is going somewhere. But look at what he says. Not only is he going to prepare a place for them, but he makes a promise to them in verse 3. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. I will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. And then you'll skip over to verse 28 in chapter 14. And you'll see Jesus reaffirm this promise in verse 28. You heard me say to you, I'm, I'm going away and I will come to you. So he reassures them once again. That they can have peace in the face of his betrayal, his death, and burial. Why? Because he's going to resurrect. He's going to ascend. He's going to go to heaven. He's going to prepare a place for them. But not just a place for them. A permanent home for them. And so the reason Jesus offers them peace in the midst of the fearful trials they're about to face is for this reason. Jesus is making them a permanent home. Permanent home. Someone in our church posted on social media, and I amend it, that 
you should be careful giving pets at Christmas. Not only are they a gift, but they're a responsibility. I've read that 50% of adoptions are returned in the months of January and February. Uh, you know, we have a, a little dog we adopted, Jack. He's neurotic. We love him anyway. And he's so neurotic that, and I'm assured by this, that 97% of people that have pets actually buy their pets a Christmas gift. And Jennifer did that. She bought him a little gingerbread stuffed animal that squeaks. And the poor little thing, you can't give him more, more than one thing at a time because he just hyperventilates and just collapses out of exhaustion. But the reason that we are warned not to be quick to buy a pet for a Christmas gift is for this reason. You want to make sure that they're receiving a permanent home. Uh, the talk in the, the doggy and cat world is the forever home. Some of you may feel displaced this Christmas season because you've lost a loved ones. But I know many of you haven't lost your loved one because you know where they went. They went home to be with Jesus. And as the saying goes, they're not lost if you know where to go and find them. Amen. One of the reasons that Jesus offers us peace, one of the ways he offers us peace, is he offers us a permanent home with him. And so this Christmas season... I want you to remember Jesus' words. That he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you. That although we can't see him right now as we live in between his first coming and second coming, we know where he is. He's at the right hand of God the Father and he's preparing a permanent home for you and me. That should give you peace. As we conclude 2021, as we look forward to 2022. Because Jesus says, My peace I give to you. My peace I leave with you. A permanent relationship with him because you've been reconciled through faith in Christ. His continuous presence with you through the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And he offers you a permanent home with him in heaven. Because the Christ who came is coming again. Are you prepared? Are you at peace with Jesus? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, the way we receive peace is to be prepared. And the way we get prepared is we admit that we're sinners. 
We admit that we're rebels. And we admit that we deserve what rebels that have committed the crime of treason against their creator deserve. And then we turn from ourselves and we trust in you. We quit trusting in trying to be religious. We quit trusting in trying to be more generous than the person beside of us. We quit trusting in trying to look the part. We trust in you. We begin to realize that Christianity is spelled D-O-N-E. Done. Because of what you have done for us through Christ Jesus. Your Son and our Savior. And after we admit that we're sinners and believe in Jesus Christ, then we receive Him as Lord and Savior of our life. We bend our knee, not just physically getting out of the pew and bending down on the ground, but we bend our hearts, so to speak, and we say, okay, I admit I'm no longer in charge of my life. You're in charge. You're the king. I'm the servant. And Lord, if that's where we are today, then I pray that we would leave here today at peace with you because we know we're prepared. But Lord, I pray if there be any among us today that are not prepared, I pray that your spirit has done the work in them, even in the midst of this service that they've admitted, they've believed, and they've received the peace that Jesus offers them both this day and forevermore. Father, I pray that you would help us cling to the truth of this hymn, that you will hold us fast, that the hope we have, the love we have, the joy we have, the peace we have, in Christ and through Christ is because of what you have done for us, not by our own works, lest any of us should boast. So Jesus Christ, our Lord, we pray, and all of God's people agreed, saying, Amen.